electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. What is the reality in the software sector? We're seeing a wave of layoffs to start 2024, Unity and Twitch, along with some CEO changes at Twilio and Match. Is the sector recovering or is this new lower growth era really just the new normal? It's Wednesday, January 10th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa with Mark Gilbert, who is thinking a lot about cattle farming these days. <laughs> yeah, just like Mark Zuckerberg, I'm planning on raising my own steer. I actually, you're joking. On, on beer and macadamia nuts? Beer and macadamia nuts. But I, you're joking, but I have a take on the Zuckerberg thing, which is that just like Mark Zuckerberg has sort of a new passion every year. It's like ultimate fighting and it's uh, surfing and it's uh, I'm going to run this year. Uh, it mimics meta, right? Or is that meta is constantly That's it's like got the metaverse sure. and it's got it's doing video and it's doing mobile. And now we're doing <laughs> chat. It's like these constant moving in a different direction. But it feels more like planned like, because it's not a distraction, right? Because like the meta thesis has recovered and it's gone on to become more valuable. Maybe he's just like this media genius, right? He captures our attention with random things like barbecue sauce and cattle farming and um, ultimate fighting. So it distracts us from like the the negative stuff that we used to all be focused big on. Issues, but he sort of commits to it. Like he really does. I it. know. Yeah, he's just like this big. They don't seem to be distractions, nerd. distractions either. But anyway, we Did digress. Did I just call Mark Zuckerberg a lovable nerd? I think I have to take that back. Yeah, we might have to. We're going to edit that out. Let's, um, let's get to today's story. <laughs> yeah, the hook for today's story was this mini wave of layoffs that we've seen the first few days of the year. Unity which has stumbled in big strategic ways, already replaced its CEO. They laid off 25% of its employees. Twitch, mass layoffs there. Twilio fired its famous, I mean, maybe you haven't heard of him, but startup famous, at least CEO, <laughs> Jeff Lawson. And there's this Slack memo today that uh, Fortune got, th got their hands on, which is that they've paused hiring. And D, I think that there's sort of this larger story here than just the layoffs. Yeah, and that is the state of the software sector. It occurs to me that the names you just mentioned, right, Twilio, Unity, Slack, these are through and through Silicon Valley darlings. Jeff Lawson, you mentioned, maybe not identifiable for the average mainstream person, but here in Silicon Valley, um, he's just he has been so beloved by VCs and other founders. And the fact that he was just kind of felt like he was out overnight, it was an activist move, um, feels big. And there's been sort of rumblings over the last few months that maybe software is coming back right after sort of that really huge drawdown of 2022. You have rev recovering revenue growth. ARR is a metric that many people point to. That's annual recurring revenue. You look at the multiples. They've come back from these deep troughs. AI, of course, the new tagline. But we got to step back even further. Like, that's a recovery from peak levels, but it's really just a blip on the chart, right? Just a slow incline up that you don't even see when you look at the huge drop down from 2022. So it just raises this broader question that we've been talking about today. Has software permanently re-rated instead of a comeback? Are we just in a new normal? It's time to accept that this is maybe as good or as close to as good as it gets. 
Right. I I think that the debate here is have we bottomed right ha, has you know is this is this a is this have we formed a bottom and that the the you know the worst is behind us and growth is going to rebound and reaccelerate or the other way of looking at these charts uh is that you know maybe the growth rates of 2021 and 2020 were a blip and just the permanent growth rate that we're at right, right now this is the new normal and this is where we're going to be in the future basically is there going to be a reacceleration back higher for these stocks or is software just going to stay in this sort of, you know, 15, 20% growth range? So you can say that maybe software has bottomed, but then you can also say that that's not very exciting because a bottom from the 2021 and 2020 levels, like fine, but it's not going to be this huge kind of run back up, which is I think what you're saying, like growth levels are never going to get back to 50%. They're going to kind of stay around 20%, 25%, even 30%. And that's fine. There's opportunity, but we're not going to see these huge sort of theses and propositions like we did in 2021 when <laughs> Zoom video was going to change right. the world and potentially be a trillion dollar company. I don't think that's that's any part of the conversation anymore. So, you know, when we look at just some of these latest developments, the CEO replacements and the layoffs at these once software darlings. Um, it complicates that revenue story. It, maybe it doesn't even complicate it. It just takes the wind out of it a little bit. It's like everyone loves a comeback story and a recovery story, but maybe this one isn't all that exciting. Um, and a few of those longer term charts just show how far the sector has fallen. One that we we showed on TV today looked at those growth rates for a basket. Um, but let's talk about like why we're here also, right? The when software had this re-rating, it was when big things were happening on the macro side. The conventional Wall Street wisdom was that the slump was driven by the Federal Reserve and rising interest rates, which of course hurt future profitability. But that kind of ignores some of the really deep fundamental issues at play within the sector. Right. I mean, blaming the blaming the Fed and blaming, you know, there's this idea, right? Remember in 2021 and, and going into 2022 that we were on the verge of a recession and, and rates were rising and that that's what sort of created this, this um, you know, this, this move lower for these software stocks and this, you know, the degrowth in the industry. But if you actually look at these sort of longer term two-year charts, it's not just the Fed, right? The, that these companies mm -hmm. were growing at, you know, uh, 50% and now they're growing at 20%. And that's like a true change in fundamentals. So you mentioned the data uh, and this chart that Bank of America put together, uh, but it shows the revenue growth rate for a basket of software stocks like Adobe, Microsoft, Datadog, Snowflake, and a few others, like a dozen others. And you can just see on this chart that it peaks around 2021 at 50%. And you know it, the, it, it, it goes until out until I think 2025. And it's basically you know, flat at around 20% or less. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, a lot of those stocks have repriced as well, right? Snowflake traded at $400 a share once upon a time. Now it's at 200 and it's been cut in half. And I think that Wall Street has now gotten comfortable with those multiples. Right. And I think the point is, is that it's not just that the multiple, right, that, that there's been multiple compression. It's not just that the, the valuation multiple, that people want to own software stocks less. It's also just mm -hmm. that the revenue has come down. The, the, the mm -hmm. growth rate has come down, which, which also affects the valuation. You mentioned B of A and they've been sort of thinking this through. Like we have, like wh what is software? Where does it go from here? And I love how they summed it up in a note from earlier this week. They, <laughs> I just thought this was perfect. Um, one of the morning notes, it read, software is prone to hype, overvaluation, promotional management teams, non-gap slash incomparable between company metrics, high stock-based comp, 
and is home to cringeworthy conference calls that are a cross between technical webinars and a backstage gaggle of 12-year-olds lining up for Taylor Swift's autograph. They finish, it truly has it all. And it's just such a good summary. Sometimes when we're covering this stuff as tech reporters and anchors, we get really in the weeds. But when you kind of sit back and yeah, you we're, see in the, a we're in the day to day. Yeah, like when you this, take a you're step like, back. Wow. Other yeah. sectors don't, don't have this. And I will say it over the last few years, it is such a challenge. All these software companies do such different things, but you want to try and compare them and they all use different metrics, many of them non-GAAP and it's hard to figure out. And even, I, you know, we talked about software, uh, Snowflake, excuse me, a moment ago, but in the good times and the boom times, no one wanted to talk about stock-based compensation. <laughs> but when interest rates went up and people were looking for profitability, all of a sudden you want to know what stock-based comp is doing because that dilutes, right? It's earnings and it's free cash flow. Yeah, I mean, we talked, we sort of like generalized, we talked about sort of like the big general numbers, but there's also just, you know, like if you look at at, at Amazon and AWS, uh, you know, three, four years mm-hmm. ago, this was a company that was that was doubling, that was growing at over 100%, uh, you know, and it's similarly really high numbers between, you know, 60, 80% for Datadog and Snow yeah. and uh, MongoDB and companies like that. And um Wow, I just referred to Snowflake no. by their stock ticker Snow, but but uh, but you know, then and, and now it's 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 all all of them, including AWS, are you know in in much lower not not single digit ranges. I think it'd be funny if other sectors were complaining about having twenty percent growth. I mean, these still are yeah. high growth companies. They're just not they're not growing at astronomical. I mean, levels. well, AWS is low double digits, right in the teens. Yeah. I think it was twelve percent for the last two quarters, and it's such a good point that you bring up because we look at the MongoDBs, the Snowflakes, the Unities, the Twilios, PagerDuty, et cetera, et cetera. All these little names that nobody really knows exactly what they do. Um, they do such specific things, but when you look at the hyperscalers, that's so true. If their growth, and it's not just Amazon, it's Microsoft and Google as well. If their growth has come down. How do the little guys survive, right? And, and so. There's also this idea of commoditization that that B of A didn't bring up in that description, but you know these once really hot, really buzzy software products like Zoom and Slack. Remember, um, they were just so exciting, and Zoom became an adjective and a verb, and no, it became a verb. Sorry, not an adjective, a verb and a noun. Um, yeah, uh, Zoom. And they should were we zoom they it? were they were best of breed, and now this idea that okay, like it's nice to have, but it's not need to have. And the mega cap tech companies like a Microsoft, they can just do video calling cheaper at scale. Yeah, I mean, they've just been replaced by sort of Google, you know, Google uh, Google Docs and Google Teams and Google Meet. And uh, I mean, sorry, not Google Teams. And then Microsoft Teams. I mean, it's what we, you know, we use at work. Like Or FaceTime. Right. Yeah, we have boom. we have our morning That's editorial true. call on FaceTime yeah, because not even on you don't team. have to go in. Yeah, yeah you just yeah. and we just do it on audio and it's actually I find that to be an easy, easy fix. But it just tells you that like something's already built in. Maybe Zoom got you into the habit of video calling or group calling or whatever it is. And then after a while, you just want to use the easiest app that's already installed on your phone or computer. I think so. So the the next big question is is uh, is what happens now? Right, yeah. so you have these these depressed multiples, and you have growth at a at a if you know if this remains true, you have growth at just a new lower level. Uh, you know, is there sort of a clearing out of some of the private companies? Are there takeouts of some of the public companies that maybe aren't big enough and don't have the scale to operate on their own? Um, do we see more M and A? 
Do we see, you know, uh, uh, down rounds? Do we see IPOs at lower levels? I'm not sure. And I think that is one way. We started this out by being like this new normal is kind of more boring. It's more reasonable growth, growth at a reasonable cost. But that in itself can be really exciting because that's where the opportunity comes. If you think of a whole sector and it's re-rated and you get to start from that point to look for the breakouts or the value or the M&A targets, that can make it interesting again. And the last thing I'll add is that when the IPO market does finally open, it's going to be software names once again. And you know, IPOs are exciting because you get to see a company's financials for the first time and you get to see sort of what matters now. And that is likely to be, you know, their artificial intelligence pitch. But could we see some companies that, you know, bring multiples back up by offering something new? So, you know, software never, it's always pretty interesting, but it got, I think, I think everyone can agree that multiples valuations got out of hand. I think, uh, you know, the other thing we talked about M&A, the other thing that was announced in the last 24 hours was uh, HPE buying Juniper Networks. There's going to be a merger mm-hmm. between Hewlett Packard Enterprises and and Juniper, and I was looking at uh, I was like I was looking at a chart like oh what happened to Juniper during 2021 and 2020 not much not much I you're, you're looking at the chart and Juniper it's been a flat line for the past two decades um, so right. it's just so and funny that's... that this deal is getting announced now but it's like man you could have bought this at the same price for you know for the last 20 years. Right. And Juniper wasn't one of these like flashy, recently no. IPO'd software companies that came to the market with all this fanfare during the pandemic. And that's a good example of like now that the whole sector is re-rated, previously companies that might have seemed boring before look interesting, like a Juniper and an HPE. These are two legacy companies trying to create a better artificial intelligence proposition. So um, the journal reports, too, that a $35 billion deal between Synopsys and Ansys could be next. So we love covering deals, and that is exciting to think about what happens when you put two interesting companies together. So um, we'll look out for that, and, and that's where software could get interesting over the next year. Yeah, and tomorrow we're going to be covering uh, the the new OpenAI uh, ChatGPT store. So you talk about artificial intelligence and where that growth is going to come from. We'll see. More, we're going to talk more about the commercialization aspects of uh of chat gpt stay with us if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your mcdonald's bag as a placemat then that wasn't a road trip it was just a really long drive at participating mcdonald's